0: celebrating classics and creating new ones only on the music vibes podcast now here's your host dc hendrix
1: this is the music vibes podcast sponsored by neat 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 records and music located at 1836 south calhoun street in downtown fort wayne neat 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 stocks lps and cds across all genres and is an authorized dealer of Ortofon, audio technica emotiva wharfdale project and more Please visit neat, neat, neat Records.com for more information. This is the Music Vise Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are available. Make us one of your favorites by subscribing to keep up to date with this fantastic podcast. If you're an Apple subscriber, scroll on down, leave us a review. Let us know what you guys are thinking of this fantastic podcast, and let our sponsors know what you guys are thinking as well. That would be both Neat 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 Records and Music and the Clyde Theater. Be sure to check out what they have to offer. Neat 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 Records. Obviously, tons of records. Tons of CDs, tapes, uh, all the audio equipment you need. Uh, your vinyl player. You looking to get a record player? Highly encourage you to go see my friends Danielle and Morrison Egan out of Ni Records and then the Clyde Theater. There's a show that you're interested in. I highly advise you to check it out. We all see the shows that are announced in our towns, and we always think when they're close to our interests, like, hmm, that sounds like a good idea. Well, if it's at the Clyde Theater, it's definitely a good idea. So make sure you check it out, Clyde Theater on Bluffton Road. So for this fantastic podcast for this week, we have a fun addition. And I always love celebrating anniversaries. I'm a big anniversary guy. You can call me corny, whatever you want to say. 50 year anniversary and we're going back 50 years to talk about an album that honestly I hadn't heard in its entirety until about a couple of months ago and um, I heard songs from this album growing up but this was a band and album that I really wanted to dig into and I went into Neat, Neat Neat Records and Music a little over a month ago and I went to see my friend Morrison and I told him I was like man I was looking through the Led Zeppelin band, and you know, I was looking at some stuff, and like I said, I really, I know of Led Zeppelin. I know who's in it. I know their legacy, how big they are, but I don't know the best albums to look forward to. I know four. Led Zeppelin four is probably the most critically acclaimed album that people talk about in terms of their best. Um, and I didn't see that one in the bin, so I went to Morrison. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm looking to get educated. That's what this podcast is about as well. I hope you guys as well either feel like you've been educated or, you know, you enjoy listening to me educate myself. But that's what this podcast is all about. So I told him that I told him I wanted to learn a little bit more about Led Zeppelin. So he comes to the band. He's looking through. He's like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. So he goes over to the box sets. And I'm like, okay, where is he going with this? And he comes down with Led Zeppelin, 2. A nice set. I have some CDs. I got uh, two records. Um, I got a nice book with a lot of pictures and everything in it that, you know, obviously talks about Led Zeppelin, too. And I uh, went home and dug in right away. Um, fantastic album Honestly in- instantly goes into one of my Personal favorite albums that I ever heard So thanks to Morrison and Neat 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 Records For giving me this this set And all this allows us to celebrate 50 years of Led Zeppelin 2 Back on October 22nd of 1969 Led Zeppelin 2 is a second album By the English rock band Led Zeppelin Released in the United States And in the United Kingdom on October 31st By Atlantic Records And recording sessions for the album Took place in both the U.K. and North America, all the way from January through August of 1969. Um, And obviously, if you are not, you know, the biggest Led Zeppelin person, just kind of introducing the band. Uh, The album's production was credited to the band's lead guitarist and songwriter, obviously Jimmy Page. And it was also Led Zeppelin's first album on which the famous Eddie Kramer served as an engineer. Now, if anyone isn't familiar with Eddie Kramer, I know him as Jimi Hendrix's engineer. Uh, He did all of Jimmy's work. Um, As his engineer, and he worked on Led Zeppelin, too, which is, you know, intrigued me even more. You got Robert Plant, one of the greatest front men and lead singers of a band ever. Um, and obviously plays the harmonica as well. You have John Paul Jones on the bass and keyboards. And finally, one of the greatest drummers of all time, John Bonham on the drums. Now, this album included six of the nine songs were written by the band, while the other three were reinterpretations of Chicago blues songs. And one of them was by Willie Dixon and Howlin' Wolf. Now, the album went certified 12 times platinum by the recording industry association of america for sales passing 12 million copies led zeppelin 2 absolutely fantastic and on side one just to highlight a person some personal favorites of mine you got obviously one of the most popular songs by led zeppelin whole lot of love And this song was basically built around a three note page riff um obviously jimmy page on the guitar that i think that's what resonates the most um but obviously there was some controversy i know that uh I know there's some controversy with some plagiarism with this album as well, but we're going to dig into that a little bit as we have a couple of guests and friends that are going to be joining us here. We have a first-time guest and a returning guest that is going to be joining. So, the returning guest will be Matt Wake. He's my buddy from AL.com. Um, he's been on here a couple times. Usually when I want to talk rock, I told him, I was like, I'm going to be reaching out. But he does bylines with AL.com. He writes for Rolling Stone, Billboard, LA Weekly, Paste, and amongst others, uh, the Birmingham News as well. Um, he writes for a lot of he covers the music and if it's rock music he's all over it so matt wake is going to be joining us talk led zeppelin too and also we have a first time guest that i'm very excited about and we're going to have them at the same time this week for the first time i don't think i've had two guests at the same time except for i think i did an interview with the cover band and i had both of those two people from that band on at the same time but i never had two phone guests on at the same time. But Emma Oxnavad, she is the opinions editor at the DePaulia. Now she's a student actually, a junior at DePaul University and she is a fantastic music writer, uh, aspiring music writer, journalist and she did some fantastic work and dug into the legacy of Led Zeppelin 2 and she did that for DePauliaonline.com and if that that is in the description if you want to scroll on down and check it out. But they're going to help us dig into Led Zeppelin 2 a little bit more and more in particularly she's going to talk talk about, you know, the plagiarism things because she obviously researched that for papers and for the article. So we'll let her handle that part because I don't know a whole lot about it other than I know they were sued um, a couple of different times from this album. But, you know, my personal opinion on that before we bring them on, I just think if you look deep enough into any song, any artist, any album, I feel like you'll find something that either reminds you of something else or. You know, you may take a few lyrics from someone else and borrow them or pay homage, and you know sometimes the artists don't like that a lot of that was happening back in the day as well because like and I feel like it happened back then more than now, and you hear about it you heard about it more back then than now is because you you know, these artists and musicians are paid more nowadays. Back then, these artists, they were struggling. These these artists and songwriters, they were really struggling. And, you know, you take their craft, they want their cut. And I totally understand that. Um, and I'm not saying that's the case with Willie Dixon or anyone else. I'm just saying, you know, my personal opinion, I just feel like you dig deep enough, you'll find something. But this album, anyway, other than that, this album is still fantastic. Uh, side one, you got the Lemon Song, which I absolutely love. <laughs> a rearrangement of Holland Wolf's Killing Floor. Uh, and you can kind of hear that. You hear the blues and rock mix. And I think this song was a perfect mix of that. Uh, you go to side two. I know there's a couple on there. Heartbreaker's a big one. A personal favorite of everyone. Mostly written by Paige. Um, you have Living Loving Maid. She's just a woman. We- And Belong, which is a personal favorite of some people. So you got Moby Dick and Bring It On Home, all personal favorites of mine from side two. So without wasting any more time, let's go back. Let's travel on back to 1969, October 22nd, here in the United States when Led Zeppelin 2 was released. Let's go ahead and bring Emma and Matt Wake on the show.
2: Thank you so much. You
1: off led zeppelin 2 we're traveling back 50 years ago october 22nd when it was released in 1969 we were blessed with led zeppelin 2 so um let's start with that so let's start off with the first time kind of explain the first time you heard led zeppelin 2
0: uh you know like a lot of people um uh high school um you know an, an album that um I didn't have an older sibling, so I got into bands like Zeppelin, you know, kind of secondary. It was more about the contemporary bands at first that I could hear on MTV or the radio, like Van Halen, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue. Um But eventually, you know, roads wind backwards, and you kind of, uh, if you really keep digging on music, you see uh, where... Uh, the now music came from mm-hmm. and you know as far as blues bass guitar riffs um, you know and doing hard rock that sort of takes the blues and sort of sticks electrodes in it and shoots it to Mars Led Zeppelin you know were one of the best and pioneers of that
2: yeah so when I was like 15 that was pretty much when I was introduced to Led Zeppelin just like as a band initially, even though, like, it's, like, one of the most popular bands ever. I guess I kind of <laughs> missed the boat for a little bit on that, but, um, one of my really good friends was very much getting into Led Zeppelin, and I kind of wanted to, like, be able to keep up with her, so I started, I started listening to it little by little, um, and, like, the two, you know, I guess big tracks that I knew pretty well were Heartbreaker and Live and Love and Made, and I thought I was so cool for knowing them, even though they're <laughs> very popular songs, um, but then, you know, as I got older and I started just, like, get more interested in music like that, I um, listened to it more and more, and I mean, it's, you know, a classic for a reason. It's, I think it has some of their most you know iconic songs of all time, like Whole Lotta Love, uh, like Ramble On, like Moby Dick, and I think that, you know, it's stayed with people for so long because of the way it's kind of maybe passed down throughout generations. You know, if your parents listen to it, you know, if your, if your friends listen to it, it's, it's really... Um, know even though it's very much a product of its time i think i think in that it's timeless in a way as well
0: how did you how did you first hear about zeppelin
1: so same thing i heard i heard of him when i was in high school and obviously as we've established before i'm a little bit younger so i wasn't around in 1969 but i was it was in high school i was introduced i heard a whole lot of love i heard it on on the radio and i'm like "Ooh, what is this and uh i think i was riding in the car with one of my uncles and he's like it's led zeppelin you know who led zeppelin is I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't. Like, what do you want me to say? And, uh, you know, he kind of schooled me a little bit, telling me who Led Zeppelin is. And then um, actually just recently, um, I went to Neat 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 Records, uh, one of our fantastic record shops we have here. And I told I told one of my buddies that works there, I was like, man, I really want to get educated on Led Zeppelin a little bit more. I know of them. I obviously know Robert Plant. I know John Bonham. I, I know of these people, but, like, I want to yeah. know more. And um, he hands me the the, the set the box set for Led Zeppelin 2. So I instantly go home, and that's when I really dug in. So honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, my introduction to Led Zeppelin 2 was just two months ago. Um, I had never heard the album in its entirety until actually a couple of months ago. I obviously knew a whole lot of love. I knew the Lemon song. I knew songs from it, but never heard the entire album. So a couple months ago was the first time I heard it, and I just was just blown away by you know how just how talented they were and that's that's kind of where that kind of helps us translate a little bit so led zeppelin 2 and i imagine you've heard the rest of them cuz i it instantly made me go listen to the rest of the led zeppelin albums so i'll ask you someone who's a little bit more familiar with the catalog how does this led zeppelin 2 stack up against the other led zeppelin albums
0: um you know and it's something that one thing that's difficult to do with a band like Led Zeppelin and an album like Led Zeppelin 2, DC, is to kind of look at it in a vacuum. Like Led Zeppelin 2 is an album that is played very much. Mm-hmm. People wear it out when they first get into Led Zeppelin uh, because the riffs and the songs and the energy are just so uh, amazing on it. Classic rock radio plays uh, several of these songs on high rotation, so sometimes as music fans, I'm, I'm certainly guilty of this. DC is you, um, you the obvious things, the things that are kind of may have been mainstreamed or have been consumed a lot, or are uh, you know sometimes you try to. It, it feels more refreshing to dig into the corners of a band or away, kind of turn away from the the kind of uh, towers, towering, monolithic kind of things they have. But, you know, if you look at it in a vacuum, I think it's hard to argue. Um, Led Zeppelin IV is just uh, just so brilliant. But Led Zeppelin II, as far as riff, riffy hard rock with uh, where it has, you know, I mean, you can zero in on the bass, obviously, Robert Plant's amazing vocals the drumming, John Bonham, oh, my God, um, the engine room there, uh, the different things John Paul Jones would bring and play, you know, like organ or whatever. i like, thank you. And, of course, Jimmy Page, you know, his uh, Dark Wizard uh, guitar, um, just magic. Um, it's right up there, I would say. <sighs> but that's the thing about Zeppelin. I would say it's right underneath four in terms of a straight-up, mm-hmm accessible Led Zeppelin album. My favorite is Houses to the Holy, I mean, excuse me, Physical Graffiti, and then Houses to the Holy. They're a little more expansive. To me, they're finding their own sound and exploring from the blues a little bit, which they did well, but, um, where, where, uh, I would say, you know, I would say it's in the top, in the top, anyway, from the top two to the top third of their impressive catalog. Um, it's a it's a great album, man.
2: So my favorite Led Zeppelin album is probably four. Um mm. which is probably a pretty common response. But I think four and two are probably their most I guess, um like quintessential work when you think of like, you know, their most iconic song and like and kind of like in capturing that like quintessential Led Zeppelin sound, I think those two really um get that to a T. Um you know, if you want to talk about The Legacy, I mean, it's been listed as some of the, one of the best albums of all time. You know, I'm looking at just a list of accolades that's received, you know, mm-hmm. Rolling Stone listed as one of the 500 greatest albums of all time it's pretty recently. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's, its lasting power is really evident in the way that it's been remembered so positively and, and the way that it keeps being shared over the years.
1: So talking about Led Zeppelin too. So your yeah. personal favorite songs from the album? Obviously, whole lot of love is the most popular song on this album. Sure. Maybe, maybe even in Led Zeppelin's catalog, depending on who you talk to. Um, yeah. But so your personal favorite songs, Emma?
2: Um, off this album, I mean, I think my favorite right now, the album's probably Ramble On, um, just because yes. I think, you know, when I first heard it, it was so interesting to me because it sounds like a pretty like you know standard Led Zeppelin song. You know, it's all. You know, everything is going according to plan. And then, like, in the middle of the song, it starts talking about Lord of the Rings, which I think is really funny. <laughs> um, Which, like, you know, when I first heard that, it kind of blew my mind. But, I mean, now it just makes so much sense. You know, the rest of the catalog, just how they were influenced by that sort of, I guess, you know, I guess nerdy uh, subculture <laughs> that they were a part of in a certain way. Um, No, I mean, I like listening. I, lo- I like Ramble on a lot. You know, obviously, I love Heartbreaker. Living, Love, and Maid's great. Um... I mean, the first time I heard Moby Dick, it kind of blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really funny because I would, like, play it on road trips. And, you know, um, it's, a really, it's pretty long It's for just a drum solo. And I think after a certain point, people just didn't want to keep hearing it because, it's you know, there are no lyrics. But it's a really interesting song, not even just in the drum solo, just in the rest of the instrumentation. It's really good. So I think I, I think there's not a bad song in the album, personally.
0: Well, I love the Lemon song. Yes. It's just raunchy, the riff is cool as hell. Um, it's an update of an old Helen Wolfe blues song, and uh, the the space they allow the instruments. Like that part where the guitar cuts out, it's like the kind of bass and drums and vocal breakdown.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean,
0: you know, just you have to be able to play well to have that much space, not fill it up with stuff. Heartbreaker, oh my God, that's <laughs> just this like sidewinder um, helix of uh, page riff. And the middle guitar solo, which was actually spliced in later and recorded at a different time and I think a different studio, yep. that's that's where Eddie Van Halen got the idea for his signature two-hand tapping thing. He and Alex were, I believe, at the L.A. Forum mm. watching Led Zeppelin, and I I don't know if it's seventy-five or seventy-seven or seventy-three, but um, and Page was doing. Some kind of two-hand tapping as part of the uh, <laughs> uh, um, as part of the heart his heartbreaker solo mm-hmm. and Eddie took that idea and just you know went warm with it uh, took it in its own thing but that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, ooh, I think it's interesting that you know Moby Dick that the turns into a drum solo mm-hmm. the riff on that is so insane and heavy and swinging but they had enough of these killer guitar parts that they let that just be an instrumental instead of 99.9 percent of bands go like that's an amazing riff we're going to develop that into a song and this will probably be our best song we ever make but when you jimmy page is your guitar player i think jimmy around this time he could roll out of bed or like come up with a amazing guitar part while he was like um Making his uh tea in the morning or pour- pouring a bowl of cereal, I mean he was just in the
1: zone that's good that both of you highlighted that song That's really one that resonates with me as well. So you mentioned a little bit, and this kind of helps us translate into the influence from Led zeppelin and yeah. it talks about and i I don't think I've ever asked you this so this mm-hmm. this this could be a first, so there's a new band that has came to the horizon over the last couple of years. That sounds very similar to Led Zeppelin. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about now. And, um, so, so what oh, are yeah. your, what, so where do you stand with this? I know, you know, the, some of the old timers have an issue. There's been some that said they're pretty much a really good cover band. Um, where do you stand with the one and only Greta Van Fleet?
0: I'm a fan. I enjoy their music. Ah. Um, as, um, they're, you know, one of my top three bands that have come out in the last five years. Um, uh, I think these kids. You know, here's the deal, um, and this is great related to Led Zeppelin too. Whole lot of love, basically a old muddy water song that was written by Willie Dixon, with cooler guitar parts on it. It's the same words, <laughs> um, so um, the Lemon Song. I love the lemon song, but it's an update. It takes a lot of a Howlin' Wolf song and part of the music. Um, uh, I, I think you don't create inside a jar, and when you're young, you tend to emulate who you want to be with. I mean, if you're a, little, if you're a kid
3: mm-hmm.
0: playing a sport, you might shoot your free throws like a certain your favorite player does or okay. have a batting stance like your favorite baseball guy. And bands are like that, too. The Rolling Stones, they took a lot from, uh, you know, Muddy Waters and Jimmy Reed and people like that early on. Led Zeppelin, they took a lot from blues guys. Uh, granted, they added a psycho, uh, psychedelic edge to it, a folk edge to it, uh, or texture. Um, and, you know, Greta Van Fleet, they, when they first came out, I think they were, like, ages 18 to 20, or 19 and 21 19. or something like that. Yeah. And I think what you have with Greta Van Fleet, as a fan, D.C., I understand the ding. Mm-hmm. They sound like Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Most people aren't good enough to sound like Led Zeppelin. Most people couldn't sing like that mm. if you had a gun. If you had a gun to their mother's head and say, sing like Robert, play it right now, or I'm going to blow your mom's head off. <laughs> Most people couldn't do it. They can't. Nope. But, th- but this kid can do it. The guitar player is really talented. The bass player is talented. The drummer is improving. They have some good songs. Um, I think, unfortunately, what you see sometimes, man, is people are jealous. People are jealous, especially when young people make it bigger than they have, they are, or they will ever. I mean, it pisses people off who... Mm And I'm jealous of that. This has happened to me, too, as a writer. There have been writers in the past where I'm like, they're not that good. How are they already writing for so-and-so-and-so-and-so? But if you step away from that, I think you'll – You, it's hard to do sometimes to step away and see the big picture. But And also, I think, D.C., if they dressed like Wilco or dressed like the Black <laughs> Keys, I, I think people would give them more shit. Exactly. But they are into the trip, dude. Yeah. They are. They are – you know uh i i would assume kind of h- hippied out yeah. dudes and you know they don't wear chuck taylors and skinny jeans and <laughs> an ironic t-shirt they're dressed to like roger daltrey at woodstock Absolutely. you know like uh but you know what man hey embr- they to me that just means they're embracing it mm-hmm. um they're immersed i you know <laughs> i liked I've liked everything, all, every album they've put out. There are some songs I like better than others, and I think their first EP or two had some
3: mm-hmm.
0: better songs than their debut album. But that's, that's that's the case a lot of times. You have your whole life to write your first album and, like, nine months to write your next album. That's right.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, because I feel like what you were just talking about is kind of, like, they're a really good representation of that, you know. I mean, music is very collaborative, and I think it is totally okay to take inspiration and to, you know, have, you know, influence where you feel that it really inspires you. And I think, you know, just speaking realistically, it's really tough for, like, any modern rock bands not be influenced by Led Zeppelin, just Mm -hmm. given how, you know, widespreading their influences and, you know, how just beloved they are. Um, The way that I feel about them is kind of how I feel about this whole What's Up and Way Dixon thing is that, you know, taking inspiration, nothing wrong with that, and that's all well and good. I think it becomes a little, I, I guess, I guess bothersome when the mm. inspiration is just so close to what, you know, or like, or like the song is so close to what's inspired to, where like there's not much of a distinguishable difference. I mean, I mean, Greta Van Fleet, I mean, they're fine. I don't really have mm. a ton of hard opinions on them. I just think that, you know, they sound, they sound so much like Led Zeppelin. I would rather just listen to Led Zeppelin, to be honest. And I feel like they're, I feel like in a way they're kind of doing themselves a disservice by being so close to the music that inspires them. And I think it would maybe, you know, benefit them more to find a more original sound, or, may, or maybe you know take that inspiration but like do something different with it. Because yeah. um, I, I think it's just the, the sound is just so close, and that's what rubs people the wrong way about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that seems to be the consensus opinion on yeah. uh, Greta Van Fleet. And, and today, the 50-year anniversary of Led Zeppelin too, since it came right. out back in 1969. So something else that you kind of dug into a little bit, you mentioned it earlier when we first brought you on, but mm-hmm. talk, talked about the, the plagiarism accusations. So you broke that down a little bit in your article. Yeah. Um, Kind of break that down for us here on the podcast, if you could. Yes,
2: yeah, so, I mean, Led Zeppelin, their career, you know, even separate from this album, they've been kind of... Um, They've been riddled with plagiarism accusations, and you know, and more extreme cases outright just stealing music. Um, mm-hmm. And this album, the glaring one, is Whole Lot of Love because um, the lyrics to the song are very similar to lyrics from a Willie Dixon song called You Need Love. Um, and in doing my research for our, like just for the article, like comparing the two lyrics, um, you know, I can definitely see where that comes from, just given that the specific lyrics are so similar in ways that are maybe not present in other songs. Um, and so yeah Willie Dixon sued them back in 85 and then he eventually settled out of court presumably for a huge amount of money and um, you know in in, uh, later releases of the album of the song he's listed as a credited writer in addition to uh, the four men from Led Zeppelin Um, Mm. and then I think yeah the other one was Bring It On Home which I think was intended to be an homage to Willie Dixon but um, he did not see it that way and he sued them and this is prior to the whole lot of love but you know on um the album he's listed as the sole writer. So he um he was able to get credit for what he believed was his work, which, you know, I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um you know, because when you think about it, Led Zeppelin is so much more of a household name than Willie Dixon and, you know, they're one of the highest grossing bands of all time. And I think it's really interesting that, you know, they've profited on maybe what wasn't entirely their work. Um and I think the the politics of that are present even in music today
1: i don't know i'm sure you have seen the list going around on twitter uh the top singers of all time that rolling stone put out i'm not even going to get into that um but basically the way i'll tie this in is are uh, you got robert plant on the vocals you got john Bonham on the drums who do you think would yeah. who do you think would rank higher on their respective list on best singer of all time and best drums drummers of all time
0: Bonham, john Bonham, ah. um and R- robert's amazing and uh a cool thing about Robert Plant, too, besides just how gifted and strong, and instinctual, and soulful, and inventive, really, too, Robert was coming up, is he always kind of mentioned? Sort of, he's a guy I'd read interviews with, or old, you know, interviews with him, and I would learn about artists I didn't know about, you know, that he liked, and it led me to some interesting people. Um, and, uh, but John Bonham, I mean, those grooves, that sound, you got to give proper credit to Jimmy Page there because he knew how to mic those drum drums right and some of the engineers that worked with Led Zeppelin too. But, um, I mean, John Bonham, the groove, the swing, the heaviness, the, like, um, the uh, power, but also, you know, kind of the little touches and stuff. Um, God, man, I mean... If if you know, there's always that hypothetical. For a while, there, this was kind of a common thing, you know, like hanging out, drinking with buddies or whatever. Okay, if you were putting together ultimate band, who would you pick?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and for each of the slot, and as after a certain point, you, we had to add rules like you can't pick Jimi Hendrix on guitar and you can't pick John Bonham on drums because everybody picks those two. Right. You know,
2: I think they both are certainly in the top five in terms of like how recognizable they're. You know their sounds and their styles are i mean mm-hmm. like when you listen to our plan singing like you kind of can't mistake him for anybody else and i think that's a huge part of like you know having a huge legacy and being you know one of the greats of rock music i'd say certainly in the top five um i didn't i didn't look at that list that closely but i do know that like <laughs> bob dylan was like somewhere in the top five which yeah. is don't get me started. not which I, I don't even know where to be about that yeah <laughs> um, same here in terms of, with bonham i mean it's the same thing it's like You know, obviously with drumming, you're not hearing somebody's voice, but just, like, his energy and just, like, I feel like the way in which he's influenced, you know, rock drumming and heavy metal drumming, I feel like that certainly puts him the top five. And I think Mm -hmm. it's really a shame that he'd not live as long as he maybe could have, because he probably would still be making great music today. Um, Absolutely. No, I mean, I think, I mean, the thing about Led Zeppelin, too, is, like, if they were, you know, untalented musicians, maybe kind of... And putting out unoriginal work, then I could see, then, you know, I would understand maybe they wouldn't be as big as they are. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is they're four of the greats in their respective mm-hmm. instrument in their respective field. And I think that should not be glossed over at any point, you know.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, to kind of go back to the album in general a little bit. So when you first heard this album, Led Zeppelin two, compared to now, I'm sure you gave it an extra spin getting ready for this podcast, yeah. at least um, uh, giving it a little extra spin, because that's what I had to do. It's been a while since sure. I heard it. So I had to, you know, had to get a little bit refreshed. So the first time you heard it compared to now, any different feelings that you have with this Led Zeppelin two?
2: I mean, the first time I heard it, like, kind of how I felt about Led Zeppelin in general, I mean, the first time I heard it, I thought I was, like, so cool and, like, so, like, man, have you guys heard this Led Zeppelin album? Everyone's like, yes, of course we have. (laughs) Um, So I guess when I first heard it, I was kind of just, like, taken aback by the sound of it because I wasn't expecting it. You know, now, having listened to them for a while, knowing knowing their sound a bit more, um, it's very much quintessential Led Zeppelin, but I still think it's great. I mean, I still think that it really holds up, and I think that there's a reason why, you know, they're constantly playing on classic rock radio and why, you know, everyone and their dad has, like, a Led up and poster hanging up in their room somewhere, um, at least for classic rock fans, anyway. Um, no, I think it really holds up, and I think the legacy of it should not be downplayed um, in any respect, so I think, it, I think it's still quite good.
0: <laughs> it actually was really nice because I haven't listened to two in a while. Um, I, these days, t- tend to, like I said, listen to physical or houses, or presence is another one I like. Uh, it's uh, kind of when their back was against the wall. Robert had hurt his, uh, broken his leg. I think his kid had got killed too. Jimmy was in, going through some stuff with uh, uh, substances. From what I've read, but um, uh, two, it's just so the power, the energy. It makes you feel, you know, I'm 48, so it makes me feel like I'm 18 again in like a cool way. Just the um, Led Zeppelin. Tried to take you there And they did And whether that was like The hammer of the gods Kind of oomph like on two Or kind of like the Exploratory thing on something like um, Song remains the same The song Song remains the same Or you know just basically Turning rock and roll upside down And uh, taking it to Morocco On like cashmere Like Mm. uh, What bands Have the guts and the playing ability and the creativity to try to take you somewhere uh, in a way that is still accessible and isn't mm-hmm. just like putting a bunch of weird shit together so they can say, hey, we're the first person to ever right. put armpit, armpit noises <laughs> on a rhythm track or whatever, you know, it's like. Uh, I'm with you. But, yeah. But yeah, man, Led Zeppelin
1: too. I'm with you, I'm with you. All right, so final question here before we let you go. And we talked about Greta Van Fleet earlier and obviously how they kind of have landscaped their career after Led Zeppelin. So what makes Led Zeppelin so influential? Because you have other rock bands from back then that we really don't have a band today that sounds like them. So Led Zeppelin, what makes them so influential?
0: I would think that it's the fact that if you want to be a singer, want to be a drummer, want to be a bass player, and certainly if you want to be a guitar player, there are these are like all-stars. This is an all-star team. This is everybody on that their own instruments in that band uh, was so um, talented and so good a player and musician that of the level where it inspires other people who want to play. Like, you know, I, I love ACDC, but mm-hmm. most of the time... It's you're not if you're a bass player, you didn't start to play bass because of ACDC, mm-hmm. and you know. Um, but like Led Zeppelin, it, it has that combination of musical talent, drive. There's the mythology of like you know these uh, Lord Byron type of mad, bad, and dangerous to know British dudes going around and um, you know basically tearing up the town and going city to city across the globe it is the biggest band in the world I mean it's it's the ultimate rock and roll fantasy played by the ultimate rock and roll musician
2: I mean I think part of it is the fact that like they have like the songs and they have like that obvious skill behind them that's really going for them but I think another part of it is just that like everything that they do seems like larger than life in a way like their songs all sound huge mm-hmm. um in one way or another and you know they kind of were like emblematic of like the rock god of the 1970s um and I think that, you know, that sort of, I guess, mythos around them has really helped carrying them over into, a new, gen- into new generations and just that, um, you know, the way in which music is shared amongst generations really helps that, too. You know, everything's online now. Everything can be streamed. So, you know, everything is so accessible. And I feel like people keep coming back to it just because of that, like, you know, really good, really distinctive sound that they have. Um, I think it'll continue to spread probably throughout more generations, hopefully.
1: Absolutely. Fantastic. Great stuff today. Talking Led Zeppelin two. and we have um, and we, we are not letting you go yet without promoting. And obviously we're talking mm-hmm. with the fantastic Emma Oxnavon. We're talking Led Zeppelin two today before I let you go, because this was absolutely yes. fantastic. I want you to promote exactly what you have coming up and what you're doing, because um, I, you <laughs> did mention that you're doing this for I think you said for school. Yeah, um, for my college
2: newspaper. That's right.
1: That's, so you're you're a college student.
2: Yes, I go to DePaul University. I'm a junior. Um, wow. Yeah, I can, I can just plug our paper. So I am the Opinions Editor for the DePaulio. We are on Facebook and Twitter. Um, follow us on Twitter at the DePaulio, which is spelled D-E-P-A-U-L-I-A, one word. Um, and then we're on Facebook, just uh, the same business but with a space. Um, and, yeah, support student journalism because... God knows we need support. <laughs>
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic stuff, Emma. Thanks so much for joining us today. Talk Led Zeppelin, too. Keep in touch, because this was great. I, I have course, a feeling we'll be me. I feel like we'll be having you again, so I appreciate you coming on.
2: That'd be awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Matt, it's always a pleasure talking rock and roll with you and once again talking Led Zeppelin 2 today. What have you been up to lately?
0: Um, I recently turned in my first story for Guitar World. Uh, It's on a period of Guns N' Roses a lot of people don't write about, but uh, their story, the band's story, isn't complete without it. Uh, Recently wrapped interviews for uh, a nice story for a billboard about uh, Capricorn Records, which was the... uh, the ultimate sort of Southern rock label in the seventies, the Almond brothers and mm. some of the other, uh, sort of flagship bands were on there. Um, so that's a couple things got to talk to Steve Gorman from the black crows about his, uh, excellent riveting black crows memoir. And, uh, that was, uh, a gas too.
1: Really appreciate you coming on. I'm sure we'll do this again, man. Keep rocking and keep rolling. All right. appreciate you joining.
0: You got it. Right back at you, D.C. Thanks for having me. A pleasure as always, man.
1: Thanks so much to Matt Wake and Emma Oxnavad for joining us here on the Music Vice podcast, talking Led Zeppelin 2. And as always, on this podcast, we have a new segment that we end the show with every week. And without further ado, let's go ahead. This is this week's edition of Drop the Needle. Now, earlier in this podcast, we talked about Led Zeppelin 2 and their legacy and their influence on new bands. And one of those bands that I really feel like really takes that influence from Led Zeppelin and kind of incorporates that into their music, their style, that is none other than Greta Van Fleet, we talked about earlier, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to drop the needle on Greta Van Fleet's song so let's go to their debut album not their EP, but their debut album is called Anthem of the Peaceful Army let's go, let's drop the needle on the song called The Cold Wind by Greta Van Fleet, let's drop the needle (laughs) That'll do it for this week's edition of the Music Vibes Podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Everywhere podcasts are available. Make us one of your favorites and leave us a review. Let us know what you guys are thinking of this fantastic show. A special thanks to both of our sponsors of the podcast, including Neat, Neat, Neat Records and Music and the Clyde Theater. Really appreciate both those sponsors. Be sure to check them out, especially if you're going to a show at the Clyde Theater. If you're going to a show in the city of Fort Wayne, be sure to check out the Clyde Theater. Fantastic show shows if you're going to get some new records some new cds you want to hear some music as well um go ahead and go over to 1836 south calhoun street and visit neat 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 records and music and visit my friends morrison and danielle fantastic record shop so that'll do it for this week's edition and until next week everybody be sure to spread some peace and love time travel with dc hendrix on the music vibes podcast
0: you can subscribe on apple podcasts google play and spotify on your mobile device